Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzz with Brian. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. Also, happy holidays. That's right. We are cruising through the month of December. I feel like it's really just, where has it all gone? I, I don't know. Hanukkah has already come and passed. We have Christmas upcoming here. And then before we know it, it'll be New Year's Eve <laughs> on to 2024. So with that in mind, in the spirit of this holiday season, I thought it would be fun to revisit a former style that I already covered quite literally about a year ago. I covered this style, and that, of course, is the Christmas Ale. Who would have thought? Christmas Ale. So in spirit of that, we are sponsored by Santa Slay. That's right, Santa Slay, delivering all of the wonderful goods to all the little good children out there on Christmas Day. Here we go. So Christmas Ale. Much like the revisit of the pumpkin beer I did in Halloween, I skimped over the history of the style. I'm going to do the same today. If you want to listen back on the more in-depth style history of Christmas ale, rewind your podcast back to episode 53. Check it out. Some good info there. I had two beers on that one. It was a lot of fun. Today, we are going to cover some characteristics of the style, a little bit of a refresher, And then I have a brand new Christmas ale this year to drink and tell you about it and tell you about the brewery that it comes from. So on that note, we are drinking Last Christmas. It's a Belgian-style quadruple. And not only is it a Belgian-style quadruple, it's a bourbon barrel-aged Belgian-style quadruple coming from Eagle Park Brewing out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm excited. Let's get on to today's show. Where to begin, where to begin? Well, some style characteristics. As I said, I won't cover too much of the history today, but a quick refresher, you know, a little acquaintance, if you will, on what to expect out of a Christmas ale when you see those words on a on a can or a bottle or a package of, of 12 or 6 or whatever, right? What does a Christmas ale exactly entail? Well, the answer is a little vague, <laughs> When you look at the BJCP style guidelines for any beer, you know, the Beer Judge Certification Program, and also when you look at the Brewers Association, too, and their style guidelines, there really isn't any specific Christmas ale style to find. Uh, Underneath BJCP, there is a broad winter seasonal, you know, set of guidelines. This includes a quote-unquote stronger darker spiced beer, including notes of coriander, cloves, nutmeg, to name a few, right? It's it's very, very vague. Um, often these beers, when you do drink them, you know, you could expect to have a very rich body, a nice warming finish, um, both in the throat and on the tongue. I feel like when you have some of those adjunct spices, those are mouth warmers, they're going to get you tingling a little bit and feeling nice and toasty. Uh, so I think that, you know, it's suggestive of a good accompaniment for a cold winter season, right? That's, I think, the point of a Christmas ale. So this seems obvious enough, right? You know, what what kind of styles can we expect then? You know, if there's not really any specific style, the Christmas ale isn't unique, it kind of, any, any other style of beer could fit into becoming a Christmas ale or marketed as a Christmas ale, but what would work really well with, you know, these adjuncts? If you're 
perusing down the beer aisle, I think if you see that Christmas or holiday beer label, likely you're going to see stouts, porters, big ABV beers, Belgian quads or triples. You know, we were drinking a quad today. I think that's most often what you'll find, but really any beer could fall underneath that. Um, any, any style of beer, like an amber ale, a, a brown ale, right. Could be turned into a Christmas ale. I mean, who knows? Even a IPA, throw some cinnamon on top of that, call it a Christmas ale. I don't know. Right. Uh, but likely you're going to find that more stout Porter Belgian quad things we often associate with the colder winter months and drinking of those big beers. And speaking of big beers, like I said, there's no definitive range of ABV, but expect something heavier, expect something definitely probably north of 10%. I can't wait to tell you how heavy this one that I'm drinking today is because it is a big one. <laughs> um, and then again, with the IBUs, the other characteristic we look like how many, how much bitterness is going to be here. We don't see a ton of bitterness usually with stouts, porters, quads, right? There's going to be a little bit of sweetness there. It's going to be malt heavy. There should be some stuff to balance it out, but overall, like the IBU should be relatively low. So that wraps up the characteristics of what a Christmas ale could be, what you, you know, often do see, but what it also could be. And I think the only thing history wise, you know, I said, check out episode 53. If you want to learn more, rewind that podcast clock back and take a look. But I will say that Christmas ales, this holiday ale, kind of originates from the Scandinavian peninsula. So the land of my ancestors, which is, which is very neat to me. And it really dates back to over a millennia ago. These are some old, old beers. And certainly what they were brewing back then probably isn't very reflective of what a modern day Christmas ale, holiday ale looks like. Uh, and they were brewing these beers during the winter season to help celebrate the winter jewel. This was the name for the Scandinavian Yuletide. So the beers were often referred to as just winter jewel, which is kind of neat. Um, and I, my, in my part this year, you know, honoring my Scandinavian heritage, my dad and I, we've gotten into a little home brewing recently and we were able to brew a Christmas ale of our own. I'm excited about it. It seems to me like a kind of amber in between an amber or like a brown ale base and it had a little bit of coriander a little bit of cinnamon a little bit of allspice as an adjunct added on top of it i have not had a chance as of this recording to drink one yet it is conditioning in the bottle but come christmas eve i think we're going to open up a couple and see how it turned out so first stab at a christmas sale maybe it'll become a tradition if it's any good but either way i'm excited so Let's get to the beer we have on hand and we'll move on to chat about Eagle Park Brewing Company. For my Wisconsin listeners, certainly my Milwaukee listeners, Eagle Park is a big staple name in this community. Um, a lot of people love Eagle Park. They do a lot of fun things. I think they're very inventive with their beers. They certainly dominate, in my opinion, the slushy style, the overfruited slushy style type of beers. And I think the rest of their lineup is really good too. They have some crazy, crazy good IPAs. They have some solid lager beers. They do a lot of one-off weird things. And they have a little bit of a barrel-aged beer program going too. They have a lot going on for themselves. Um, but so if you're not from, if you're, you know, one of my non-Wisconsin listeners and you're not familiar with Eagle Park, I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about them today. Uh, they're definitely worth a visit if you're coming through Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
But Eagle Park, you know, here's the history. They're founded by two brothers, Max and Jack Bogart, who decided to turn a fun garage project into a career, right? Any great brewery starts off with this. <laughs> um, the name actually Eagle Park is a little bit of a reference to their band, Eagle Trace. Uh, that's right. Not only were Max and Jack excellent business owners and brewers, they also are very musically talented, which is kind of neat. They had a little garage band and they kind of pay homage to their musical passion and their um, passion for that industry through their beer. If you look at a lot of the names of their flagship beers, there's a lot of musical references to enjoy. So check out the lineup yourself and you'll see some things here, here and there that are like, aha, yes, that is a mu- musical reference. I see what they're doing there. So anywho, um, these two brothers, they opened their doors at their first location in 2017. It was a tiny space in the Lincoln Warehouse on the western edge of the Bayview neighborhood in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And if you're familiar with this podcast, you actually <laughs> just listened to the current tenets of that space. That's right. Uh, Torzala Brewing Company, episode 99. They occupy what was once upon a time Eagle Park space. And the crazy thing about that space is it's been an incubator for good breweries. I'm curious to see how much longer Torzala will stay there because they made some they make some really good stuff. I really enjoyed them and having them on the show, and I hope people go out and support them. But they are the fourth brewery, to my knowledge, that existed in that space. So Eagle Park had it that we're talking about today, and then it went to um, a component beer, and then it was New Baron beer, or maybe the other way around. And those two have both since left. Oh, and I think Enlightened Brewing too also began there. And here they are, Torzala, the next one barrel, you know, brewery system owners of that space. So who knows how long they'll last there. Hopefully they're on to, you know, I mean, it's a great space. Do visit it. But if they continue to make beer at the quality they're doing, they'll probably won't be there for too long. And that was the case for Eagle Park. They really started to set that trend. They opened those doors in 2017 and like I said, it was a one barrel system and they were hit with a high demand early on in their business ownership. They found themselves often brewing beer six days a week to try to satiate their customers. I mean, that's nuts. Uh, I don't know how they made it work with fermentation and they were probably just running, <laughs> running off the seats, um, running off the seat of their pants and trying to make good beer. And they were making a lot of it. Uh, they at one point needed to outsource. Actually, uh, I looked into this. Octopi Brewing Company out of Wanakee, Wisconsin. They do a lot of contract brew business for for people in Wisconsin, and I think breweries outside of the state looking to expand their distribution into Wisconsin. But it was important to Max and Jack to go oversee all the brew days that ended up being a few hundred barrels of beer that were produced uh, separately at the Octopi location just to try to meet demand. So if it hasn't been obvious yet, they needed to move on to a bigger bigger location. And fortunately, you know, one, one business's doors closing means, uh, another opportunity for a business to open up and like minds brewing was a brewery that operated for two years on Hamilton street near Milwaukee's famed Brady street. And they shuttered closed in 2017. So it was kind of a turnkey operation. Brewing equipment was going to stay and, It was definitely a bigger system, and Eagle Park was ready to pounce on that and take it over. So when they did take it over, they moved, um, you know, they upgraded their original one-barrel setup they had at the original location, and they now had five seven-barrel fermenters. 
They certainly made the space their own. They added a sixth alongside two new 15 barrel fermenters and a canning line. So the growth from there really took off. You know, they went from about 400 ish barrels a year to quickly brewing 1500 barrels in production. So big, big time growth. They also, you know, they made, they made that space their own. They ripped out the laminate floor that was covering um, just the old shop floor. So the building that they're in on Hamilton Street is super cool. It's an old, old shop and, um, you know, brick building facade, got the big glass skylights, but they, you know, they wanted to have that industrial charm and they ripped the floor, the laminate floor covering the uh, taproom space and they exposed the old shop floor and, you know, all those imperfections of, it's a hundred over a hundred year old building and all the imperfections of time and things like that, that kind of give it some of this like cool rustic charm and obviously decorate it their own and put in their, you know, musical theme and musical, you know, influences into the space as well. It's, it's a really, really neat tap room. And they have been adamant that from what they, that what they're telling us is that any, no matter how big they get and they've continued to get bigger and bigger, they still want to make that a part of Eagle Park's identity and that taproom space is just too cool to give up. Um, so as I alluded to though, they have continued to grow and grow. And in just a few years after they opened, they were ready to build and open a brand new facility in the homeowners, um, the owner's hometown of Muskego, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee and the Milwaukee County area. And this facility has allowed them to expand into lots of seltzer creation, their own distilling program. I'm told Eagle Park's uh, bourbon is rather good. I have not had a chance to drink it yet, but I've heard good things about it. And they do other spirits as well. And then I think that rolls right into their barrel program, right? They're distilling all these spirits. They flush out the barrels and they're ready to put beer in it. (laughs) So, um, the other cool thing with taking over that facility space is or creating that facility space is it's allowed them to take on the project of keeping the MKE, the old MKE brewing um, brand alive. They are, were unfortunately, you know, they're a cornerstone of Milwaukee for a long time and they had to close their doors uh, as recently as 2022 here. And it was kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Eagle Park bought the rights and they have continued to brew the beer underneath that brand name still. They still want to have that brand be its own thing, but they're keeping it alive. And I think that just speaks to, you know, Eagle Park as a brand and their willingness to continue to have all the great things that made Milwaukee, the Milwaukee beer scene in the early days great and continue to honor that tradition and brew that beer. So really neat space. I think I said more than I anticipated about Eagle Park, but I'm, I'm a fan, a longtime fan. Uh, definitely happy to support them here and let's let's drink this beer. Beer time here and I am excited about this one. This is Last Christmas. This beer is actually pretty cool. It has a, a neat little you know marketing story behind it, little marketing ploy, if you will. When I saw this on social cross, I was like, yeah, I I know I have to get one of those beers. (laughs) So if we've rewind back to Christmas season, you know, December, 2022, they had put out a beer called this Christmas, which was a Belgian style quad unbeknownst to the public at the time though, they did save and set aside some of this Christmas 
and they put it in bourbon barrels, right? So they let that age in the bourbon barrels for, I'm assuming, probably pretty close to a calendar year, if not spot on, or even just a little bit over. They could have brewed the original Belgian quad um, this Christmas in you know October, late October, even November of 2022. So it's been resting in a barrel. They pulled it out, and now we have a beer called Last Christmas, which is the bourbon barrel aged version of This Christmas. If you're still with me, great. <laughs> so this beer is weighing in at 14.1%. I had to go back on my records and see what was this Christmas? What was last year's version, the non-barrel age version? Uh, that one was sitting at 11. So it crept up <laughs> quite a little bit in the barrel. It's uh, should be a boozy treat today, 14.1%. And we are enjoying this out of a 12 ounce can, just a small one, which Honestly, for a 14% beer, I think that's appropriate, uh, you know, when it's just me drinking it. So <laughs> with that, uh, the other cool thing about this beer to note is, you know, it's a Belgian quad. It says on here, dark Belgian candy, sugar, of course, that's a, a staple of the style thrown in there and orange peel. That's the other adjunct on this one. So let's get onto this pour. This beer is starting off an absolute beaut. It is pouring out a fairly, you know, light brown to dark brown color. There's a little bit of a red hue in there. I would say it's, you know, you can see through this. It's not really cloudy, which I think is appropriate for a Belgian style quad. I think, you know, when you have a barrel thrown in the mix, if there's a little bit of haze in it, like totally understandable. But this one's coming out cross pretty clear. Uh, decent little foam head starting on the top of this one not anything too too crazy though it is fairly mellow another thing i would expect out of a barrel aged beer but there's you know it's it's a, car a carbonated can but it's dissipating here so let's get in for a smell i'm really really excited about this one mm, okay one more wow <laughs> okay i'd say uh, nose wise it's pretty straightforward definitely some barrel notes you know it, it, it's letting you know it's barrel aged beer touch of dried fruits in there i think i get some of those tones coming through um and just one more here i don't yeah one thing that's surprising i don't get a ton of belgian yeast quality with uh you know the i think the barrel notes really knock that down but let's see if we pick it up on the palate let's go in for a sip okay one more Oh yeah. Okay. Nah, <laughs> you always have to have a primer with the barrel aged beer. You got to get ready for it. Let's, let's get one more though. Hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, this beer is entrancing. It's really, really got a lot going on on the palate. It's a fun, fun beer. Uh, I'd say the first sip for me, you know, that, that primer sip I got was an extension of the nose. Lots of barrel notes up front, but not overwhelming. Like it's not in your face, but lots of barrel notes up front. A slight smoked quality character, which I would expect out of a, you know, a charred oak barrel that bourbon was once upon a time sitting in. Um, let's get in for one more sip here as I, the mid pal, there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. The mid palate transforms. You're seeking past that, seeking past that barrel note. You get some fig some molasses 
I think the orange peel is lingering around in the background. It's definitely not a star of the show. And, you know, to me, Belgian style quads are on the sweeter side. They got some caramel character. I think molasses is what's shining through on this one. Um, you know, I don't think the orange needs to be the star. Like, I think there's enough malty sweetness here already that we don't need a ton of it. But it's nice that it's there. Just a little touch. Uh, and then I think one more here. Mm hmm. Yeah, as this warms up across the palate and warm up, warms up in the glass, I'm definitely getting more of that Belgian yeast note coming through, and I'm so thankful that it's here. It's slight fruitiness, and I best describe this as like orange circus peanut candy flavor. Oddly specific, I honestly don't really care for that candy, but that's exactly what this tastes like, and in beer, I'm into it. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, this beer as a whole... Moving on, you know, medium body, honestly, surprisingly not as full considering the ABV and the barrel age qualities. Despite the sweetness up front, also, there is a bit of a mouth drying effect on the end, which keeps me wanting a little bit more, a little bit more and going back for the, you know, next, next sip. Balance and drinkability wise, really flavorful beer. It has a lot going on. All the elements play off really, really well with each other. I don't think there's any one that's too dominating. So there is some balance amongst what this beer has to offer. Drinkability, definitely not a beginner beer. But for those looking to have something special, cozied up next to a fire this holiday season, I think this beer is going to be the nice, sweet, slow sipper that you want. So let's get on to some ratings. Zero two five. I'm excited to tackle this one. I think from what you just heard, you can tell I like this beer, but I also just, I love this style. I got a lot of bias towards it. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think the barrel age element to what they added to this really enhanced the beer. It added another layer of complexity. There's a lot going on with this beer. I think it really, a Belgian quad to me is something that can age just by itself, even in, you know, it's glass vessel that you get put into, but with it having spent time in a barrel, it really like the base beer aged really well. And just that nice complexity of the barrel notes, a little bit of oakiness, a little bit of smokiness, a little bit of the spirit all just really played well with this one. Um, the only thing that I feel like I have to, to dock about this beer is technically there were no like, you know, winter warming spices added to this one. It's definitely got the feelings with a, you know, being a big, heavy, boozy, Belgian quad uh, to be a Christmas ale, but there's no warming spices. So I, I mean, I don't know. Can I, can I count it? I love the beer, but I guess without the warming spices, it's going to be a 4.5 out of five. And that's a review. beer fans that brings us to the end of today's episode i hope you enjoyed it today i hope you've been having a great holiday season here enjoying the month of december whether it's been warm or cold wherever you're living i hope you're spending some time with some loved ones and enjoying family and friends and of course enjoying a couple tasty libations with them i think it's uh you know tis the season for having some of these bigger heavier beers things that are made to be shared definitely. And if you want to find this beer out in the wild or any of Eagle Park's beers out in the wild to share with someone this holiday season, they do have a beer finder on their website. You can definitely find the beer available in an area near you if you're in the state of Wisconsin. I wouldn't be surprised if they 
have beer in some neighboring states here and there. I could definitely see some specialty beer beer stores, liquor stores that want to have a good selection of craft beer and our neighboring states also having some Eagle Park that they've gotten their hands on too. So just, you know, check out the website, check out your local liquor store, ask them if you're, if they have it, obviously if you're in Wisconsin, I think you're, I think you're safe. Um, but that will do it for us here today. This was a fun one to put together. I will probably continue to revisit the Christmas ale every year. And I guess I'll have to give you an update at some point in time on if the one that my dad and I brewed was any good. I hope it, I hope it is. I think it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to try that on Christmas Eve. So if you have ideas for the show, feel free to reach me at buzzwithbrian on Instagram or buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. Very active on both. I'll take to any requests. Of course, I'll make a post about this post and all a post about this episode and all episodes to come on the Instagram as well. So follow along on there. And uh, that does it. Have, happy holidays. Can't wait to get back on the mic again soon and enjoy another couple beers. Cheers, beers. <laughs>